When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, once again, everybody, Sal Capaccio here from WGR Sports Radio 550, along with Matt Bove, Channel 7 WKBW TV Sports Director in Buffalo. It's always game day in Buffalo. Ready to bring you another episode, and we got something really cool planned for you. Starting with this episode, we're going to start going through the Buffalo Bills position by position. And breaking it down, giving you a little state of the position, if you will, some camp battles, but more so just a big picture, broad view of what the entire position looks like. Can't wait to do it. Training camp starts on July 24th, and that's going to be out at St. John Fisher College in Rochester. This is the first episode we've done really post mandatory mini camp. The last one we did was kind of right at the end of it, but it was because it was cut short. So this is our first like real post mini camp episode here on it's always game day in Buffalo. Thanks to Odyssey, Jim Stagliano, our producer director helping us out, doing a great job. And we're ready to bring it to you. Not only the rest of this off season, but into the season. So Matt, hope you had a great weekend post mandatory mini camp. And I hope you had a, a great father's day as well. Yeah, thank you, Sal. I am the father of a two-year-old cockapoo named Harper, so that's what everybody is here for, but no, it was great. I had my dad over, my father-in-law over, my grandfather over, my wife's grandfather over. We hosted. It's a lot of work to host. Nobody really tells you that when you become an adult. I know my parents did it for so many holidays when we were kids, whether it was Christmas, Thanksgiving, whatever. We had everybody over to our house. It was a ton of fun, but it was a lot of work too. I was like, my goodness, this is a lot, but it, it's just so cool because like my grandfather is 94 years old. Wow. So he is the most in shape 94 year old man on the planet. He still Amazing. does yoga. He still does yoga every week. He wow. drives like he's so it's, it's so impressive. And just, you know, to have my dad there and just my grand, it was, it was just a really cool day. So I, I had a great one and I hope you did too. Maybe got to celebrate a little with Max. Yeah, yeah. I have a question though. Your is that your paternal grandfather, your maternal grandfather that's ninety four? That is, that's my paternal grandfather. So my dad, Jim Bovey, South okay. Towns guy, grew up, went to Iroquois. That's his father, Richard Bovey. Um, oh. Elma, his entire life, and he is he's like he's the kind of guy. Sal, he's got a Reuben sandwich that he likes. That's like forty five minutes from his house. He's ninety four years old, and he drives forty five minutes every Wednesday to go get his favorite Reuben sandwich. And I'm like, man. If I'm that way when I'm 80, that's a huge win, let alone 94. He looks just like Bob Barker, too. So basically, throughout the course of my life, he hasn't really looked that much different. Like from the time that I remember him when I was five, six years old, even until now, when I'm 29, he basically looks the same. He doesn't age. That is amazing. Man. That is awesome. Yeah. I love that story. Um, are your um, are your dad and your grandfather into golf like you? And did you guys watch the Open because of that? 
All right. So my dad is more into it than my grandfather is. Like he's a casual golf fan. My dad is a big golf fan. I'm the biggest of the group. So the way we were doing it was everybody was kind of in our backyard and we were hanging out and I would run inside and say like, all right, I'm going to go check on something. And then I would sit down for 10 minutes and watch golf. And then I would swing (laughs) back outside. And then basically everybody, because he's so independent, he had to drive back to East Aurora from where we live on Grand Island. So we didn't want to keep them too late. So the party dispersed right as the leaders were getting like the 15th, 16th hole. So I got to see everything at the that's end. Awesome. So it was a little bit, a little bit of a win-win. Yeah, that's cool. And it was a great, fantastic finish uh, to the U S open, of course, on Sunday. Uh, we, I have the same father's day um, wish every year and, and I ask for the same gift every year. And that is um, whatever we do in the morning, we have to do. That's fine. But I just want to sit and watch and relax and watch the open in the afternoon. That's like my wish. That's all I want to do is give dad some time to relax. But with Max, he's so energetic. He loves his sports. That's very rarely going to happen anyway. And I still wound up doing a lot of things, going outside, playing some wiffle ball or whatever with him. We had baseball in the morning, but I did get a chance to do that. But that's my ask every year. Just I just want to relax and watch the U.S. Open at night. I played in a golf tournament the other day and they were talking about their father's day plans and they were asking whether or not it's like the play should be to golf every father's day morning. And the group was kind of split on it because half of the group was like, well, yeah, if I can get out, I'll get out. The other half was like, no, this is the one day a year where nobody can tell me what I can and can't do. (laughs) I am going to get outside. I'm going to golf and then I'll come back and then we'll spend the family time. So I'm glad that you got to sit down and watch the U.S. Open. I I know a lot of people think watching golf is boring. I am not one of them. I love it. I find it so entertaining. So maybe next year you can double dip. Maybe you can play golf in the morning. Then you can get home, have a nice lunch, and then watch golf in the afternoon. Like a lot of um, people probably listening, their dads shaped you know, what they're doing. And you told me that your dad's a big reason why you're actually even in this business in the first place. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things that gets passed down to you. Like I grew up a sports fan because my dad was such a sports fan and there wasn't necessarily, they didn't, my parents never pushed me to play a particular sport. They never told me like, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're not going to do. But I always found great joy in just kind of like sitting there and watching Bill's games with my dad. That was like the one thing we had a lot of things that we bonded over, but that was the one thing that we had in common every single weekend. It was like, we want to be back home. We would go to church in the morning. We would want to be back home at the house by 1230 so we could get situated and we would watch the games in the same spots. My dad had season tickets for the Bills from like 85 to 97. So he got in right for the glory years. Yeah. And then basically told me like, the reason I got rid of my season tickets was because of you. Like you were a lot of work and your sister was a lot of work. I had eventually get rid of them so we could be home because it's such a big commitment. But, you know, growing up, they would take me to games. And that's really when I fell in love with it, both football and hockey. And I think it's not a surprise that those are the two sports that I enjoy the most. And they're the two sports that I get to cover. And a lot of that is because of him, because if his favorite things were bass fishing and I don't know, playing the guitar. Maybe those would be my two favorite things, but his favorite things were watching football and talking about hockey and what a quit. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree sale. Not at all. Not at all. My dad wasn't a big sports fan. He followed him, but he did. He was a singer and an entertainer. And as you know, I told you I'm, I'm a drummer yeah. and, and, and my dad actually, they made a couple of records. They would uh, go around Buffalo nightclubs. He gave me the gift of gab and the gift of entertaining, I guess, mm-hmm. in that regard, being on stage. Uh, my dad came right from Italy actually. And so I'm first generation, but you know, story for everybody out there, they can actually go if they want to look up on Wikipedia or anything like that. Uh, my dad came here on a very famous boat called the uh, Andrea Doria. The Andrea Doria actually is famous, Matt, because it hit 
another ship called the USS Stockholm and sank. And a lot of Italian immigrants died. My dad was on the voyage right before that happened, actually. But like 48 Italian immigrants, I think, died on the voyage over here. And the USS Stockholm had the whole front edge shaved off and stayed afloat. The Andrew Dory had a big hole in it and it sank. And it's actually one of the most visited shipwrecks on the entire hemisphere off the coast of Nantucket. And my dad was on that boat, actually. Um, But it was on, on before that. Now, he came here and settled. They were on Swan Street. They lived. And he actually dropped out of high school and went and served in the U.S. Army during Vietnam and never graduated high school. But he, he wound up passing away when he was young. My dad was only 48 when he passed away. But legally, he was 49 because he changed his birth certificate so he could work. So, yeah. on the, so you know, he's recognized as being 49. I've outlived my father now, which is crazy for me to say. But, you know, I mean, he went through a lot of things back then in those days. But he just always supported all the things I wanted to do in sports. And that was cool. And he loved watching me play just like I wa- love watching Max play. But I think me to Max is you to your dad and your dad to you. Max loves sports so much. I mean, he's all into it. He tells me all the players he reads. He told me Josh Allen's favorite food is hibachi because he reads the media guide. Like he <laughs> is that kid. He's going to know it and he's going to do it. And he goes to games and we have a question later about taking your kid to games that we can't wait to get to. So anyway, cool history lesson there. If anybody, anybody wants to look up the, uh, the Andrea Doria, it's pretty fun. Actually. What all part right. of it, what part of Italy was your dad from uh, near Naples? Okay. A little town called Poggio Moreno. Okay. And um, I think I'm saying it right. It's not, it's spelled. If you look it up, you, you'd get the spelling. And um, we're, you know, as you know, I know you're going to Italy soon. Yep. I'm going to Italy soon. I think we're both going to be near Naples at some point, right? I'm going to be near Naples at some point. We're staying mostly like northern Italy. Okay. I'm very fortunate. I've been and my wife has been. We're going with 12 people in our family. Uh, and for okay. most of the people, it's their first time. My family really is from the Rome area, a small little place oh, called okay. Soprano. So we're going to spend a lot of time in Rome and in Florence and kind of doing that whole thing. But, you know. Yeah, for, that's awesome. I, I love Italy. So it's the greatest place. So I've never it. been to where my dad grew up, but we will be near Naples. We are going to go to Pompeii. So it'll be my first time in that kind of area of that country, which uh, which should be fun. So anyway, um, toast to all the dads out there. Toast to your dad. Toast to my dad. Whether you're here or you're just watching from above, whatever it is. I, I wish my dad would know get to know Max. I think he'd have a lot of fun with him. But I know he's watching, having fun, watching Max grow up. That's for sure. You know, we're going to do this State of the Bills series here. And it's so funny, Matt, because I'm thinking, I'm looking at the Bills quarterbacks and it's Josh Allen, it's Case Keenum, it's Matt Barkley. And, you know, they're set, right? I mean, they know. They know who one, two, three is. And every year for the last few years, they've kind of been set in that regard. It's just so different than what it used to be for this team. We know that. And we've kind of talked about it. It's also a lot different than it is for a lot of teams around the league. I went through all the other teams' quarterbacks' rooms, if you will, before we came on here, like, I think the Bills could lay claim to maybe the best quarterback room in the entire league, one through three. Now, I I think the Browns are probably actually maybe ahead of them because of Watson and Baker both being there with Mm -hmm. Jacoby Reset, but, you know, be it as it may, we're we're not expecting Baker Mayfield to be on the roster or Deshaun Watson maybe to even be playing. Matt, I mean, I think the Bills have a really good situation overall. I won't argue with that at all. I mean, you can argue, is Josh Allen the best quarterback in the league? Is he the right. second best quarterback in the league? I don't know. Most people probably think he's in the top three. I think he's in the top two. And then you go to Case Keenum. 
I think Case Keenum might be pound for pound the best backup in the NFL because Agreed. he's got big game experience. He's got a ton of experience. He's got big game experience. I think his skill set kind of fits the bills nicely. And that's ultimately what you want with a backup quarterback. You want to be able, if your starter goes down, the backup can tread water for as long as you need them to. So then once your guy comes back and is healthy, then you can ultimately get to where <clears> you're trying to go. Now, if you're an NFL team and your starting quarterback goes down for more than two months or so, at that point, it's just really, really tough for that backup to kind of just keep you afloat. But the way the Bills roster is built, like I think Case Keenum could do that. I don't think Case Keenum can go out and beat the best teams in the NFL, but I think Case Keenum can go out and beat a lot of teams with this Bills team behind him. So that's why when we were going into the offseason, we were talking about it with Fitz. I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been the perfect backup situation for this team, but I wasn't even considering Case Keenum. He wasn't even on my radar because I was thinking about players who were free agents, veterans who were available, maybe guys that they could draft. I wasn't thinking that the Bills were going to go out and trade for Case Keenum the way they did. So I think it works itself out. The thing that I'm interested in because the way they've kind of formulated the roster is what they do with Barkley because I think there's a very clear Josh Allen is one, Case Keenum is two, Barkley is three. I don't think they're going to keep three roster, three quarterbacks on the 53-man no. roster. And then we, of course, get to the practice squad and just having a veteran there that they very clearly enjoy, I think, goes a long way. Yeah, so I envision Matt Barkley basically being the Davis Webb of this team. Mm-hmm. He's there for practice squad. Like, do you really think Matt Barkley is going to get claimed at the end of like he wouldn't have to get claimed, I guess. <laughs> he's actually, you know, been in the league long enough that at the end of training camp, he gets released. He's not going to go anywhere. I think he gets mm-hmm. re-signed to the club. They don't have to worry about that. Now, uh, because if a team really wanted him, they would have put him on their roster already in some capacity, I think, before all this happened, before he came back to Buffalo. He wants to be here. He knows the system. I think he's the guy that's going to help out being in Josh Allen's ear when he comes off the sidelines a lot. He's going to help him out throughout the week. And look, if something were to happen to Case Keenum, Matt Barkley, I think, is a a qualified number two guy, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not the best backup in the league, but he's somebody who can come in and he can play. And he's done that. I also think that um, he's going to do his best to compete with case Keenum. I mean, why not? Right. I mean, this is your job. He's going to try and be the backup quarterback. So to me, you're right. It's going to be Allen. It's going to be Keenum. It's going to be one and two. They're going to make the team. I think that Barkley probably winds up on the practice squad and there's nothing wrong with that because now you have a guy who can simulate all of the other offenses, you know, when you're playing against them, you don't have a rookie going out there. You have a guy who knows all these offenses and has been in this league and can give you a good leak, a good look for your scout team. And that's really ultimately what you want from that third string quarterback. It doesn't have to be a development guy. The Bills don't need a development guy. They got Josh Allen his fifth season. Mm-hmm. And it is also important to note that the Bills value the backup quarterback position, and that's become evident for two years in a row because last year they went out and signed Mitch Trubisky. And it mm-hmm. worked for both parties because Trubisky really wasn't used at all, which is good for the Bills. But if Josh were to get hurt, they trusted Trubisky to be the guy that could ultimately just kind of help them bridge the gap between when the injury happens and when the player is able to come back. And they spent resources to go get Case Keenum. I know it wasn't a lot, but they made a trade for the guy. So clearly they value him. It's not like he's paid peanuts. He's paid pretty well. He's paid as one of the better backups in the NFL. And just the way that Josh Allen plays, you need somebody who's a good, solid backup because you never know what's going to happen with that dude. I mean, he's always going to play if he can, but he does take a lot of hits. There's things that happen in the league. I'm not suggesting that any of that will happen, but I am suggesting the Bills very clearly put an emphasis on the backup quarterback position as they should 
And I think that ultimately helps Josh too. We're past the point of Josh Allen needing to be mentored by the number two quarterback and helping develop him. But it also doesn't hurt that Case Keenum has been there and done that. Yeah. Yeah. So before we move on here, I did take a look, like I said, at some of the other backups. Here's some interesting backup situations in the league who you could say, you know what? That's not a bad situation, but they're different than the Bills because except for one, they don't really go one, two, three, where you're like, okay, for example, um, Teddy Bridgewater backing up Tua. Like, I think yep. Teddy's a good backup to have, right? Why not? Mm-hmm. And I'm not so sure he's not going to play at some point this year. I kind of like what they have in Indy. They have Matt Ryan and Nick Foles. If something happens in Matt Ryan, I think Nick Foles, he's shown he can win some in this league. Interesting in Philadelphia, depending on what you think about both Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew. I think you could think that's uh, not a great room or that's a, not a bad room at all, right? I mean, you could look at that either way. And then Daniel Jones and our guy, Tyrod Taylor. Yep. I, Tyrod Taylor as a backup, not a bad guy to have. And who knows if he actually winds up starting over Daniel Jones. Absolutely. Tyrod Taylor is about as good as you can get backup quarterback wise. It would have never worked here just because of kind of how it played out, but he is an ideal backup quarterback to have, especially when you're kind of on the fringe with the dull, whole Daniel Jones thing. Gardner Minshew is an interesting one. He was a name that I was kind of having float in the back of my head when the bills were looking for a backup mm-hmm. quarterback, just because I feel like his personality and Josh's personality would gel just absolutely perfect. But you know, Case Keenum, likes to golf. Josh likes to golf. I guess he can quote movies like Josh can. So it seems like it's a good fit both on and off the field. All right. And then here's the only one I found that has a really strong three, I think, but one's very polarizing how you think about him. I don't, I don't particularly love him as a quarterback, but the names at least in new Orleans, they have Jameis Winston, Mm -hmm. Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton as their number three listed quarterback. I think that's pretty strong when you think about those names and what they could do. I think maybe the sum of the parts is greater than any of the individual guys there. Like Mm -hmm. I like Jameis. I like Jameis for fantasy this year. I think that he's somebody you can take a flyer on because there's probably going to be a lot of touchdowns. There'll be interceptions too. We know that, but he is a very dynamic player. Taysom Hill doesn't do it for me, but yeah, you know, I mean, he's listed as a quarterback. What is he really? He's athlete, I guess, you know, He's a guy. Yeah. Um, obviously, Andy Dalton has had more success over his NFL career than any of the other guys we've mentioned as the backups in any of the roles. I don't know. I think Case Keenum might be a better quarterback right now than Andy Dalton is. If if not better, they're in the same conversation, I think. I at least know that Bills fans are very, very comfortable with who their QB1 is, and that is Josh Allen. All right, that is quarterback. So... How about who RB1 is for the Buffalo Bills? I think maybe that's been settled, or at least was at the tail end of last year.